Hello, my name's Brian Martin, and you're listening to episode five of the Running Technique Tips podcast. I'm now joined by my co-host, Lisa Biffin, who is trying desperately not to spill a bucket of water all over the electronics under her computer. Tell me what that's about, Lisa. I know. I'm nursing some niggles this week, actually. So I'm currently sitting here. I'm I'm not, I'm not a very attractive sign at the moment. I've got a fluorescent yellow bucket under the desk full of hot water. I've got a kettle next to me ready, Don't to, spill re- it. <laughs> ready to just pop up the warm water. <laughs> Soaking with Epsom salts. The trackies are pulled up to the thighs. Uh, um, I'm glad I can't see you. It is good that it's radio and not television. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not a good sight. But, um, yeah, I've really gone back to some old school remedies and, a couple of small little niggles that have just just kind of appeared. So I think they're always the ones that you need to watch the most, to be honest. Yes. I, th- I think, you know, um, one of those things we do as runners also is like we try and ignore them and just oh. pretend they'll go away. Yeah, um, I've been the best at doing that in the past. So I'm trying desperately to be a more mature athlete <laughs> in my excellent. older years to, yeah, to listen to my body. Um, so this Yellow bucket has become my best friend. Where we were away on the weekend and carted it everywhere with us. Excellent. <laughs> oh dear. So, um, but yeah. So this week it's been another solid week for me, minus the couple of niggles. So I think mm-hmm. last week I had done eighty three k's, and I celebrated as that was my second biggest week ever in the history of my life and I've topped it this week by 1k whoa (laughs) did you like jog an extra five minutes to make sure that you did that or oh no I didn't I must admit I was a bit slack with my training diary this week and it wasn't until late last night I sat down I was like I really should fill this in um added it all up and yeah 84k so pretty happy with that um didn't feel too stretched yeah actually felt pretty good um, so I, oh, I actually started my personal training session that I said that I was going to do for 10 weeks Oh yeah, last Monday and it was amazing. Could you walk afterwards? I could. Yeah. It was so good. Um, it was not like there was no heavy weights. There was barely any weights. There was just lots of functional patterns, um, like a lot of movement, running movements, strength on one leg, um, I am not someone that normally gets, you know, very hot and sweaty in the gym, but I was huffing and puffing. <laughs> it, was, it, it was really good. I was really pushed. And I think I liked it too because normally when I go to the gym classes, I'll be honest, I do cheat a little bit. So I think, oh, I can't really be bothered on this one. Slack off a bit. <laughs> can't fool the PT. There's no, literally nowhere to hide. It was just me, the open spaces of the gym and, and the PT. So... That was awesome. Loved that. Um, And I was worried. I thought, oh, God, how am I going to pull up Tuesday, Wednesday? But um, really wasn't sore at all. Just had some little bit of soreness around my hips and and glutes where we really worked. But it was completely manageable. So um, did a bit of a monster hill session on the Tuesday. It ended up being about six and a half Ks worth of sort of up and down the hills. I was absolutely knackered. I only managed a 1K cooldown. I could not run a step further. (laughs) Sounds Um, pretty full on. It was, yeah, it was really full on. I was just buggered, but um, moved on nicely into the Wednesday, 
90 minutes, um, sort of averaging five-minute Ks, and that felt pretty good. Um, And then the Thursday had some 600s on the track, and I found this one quite interesting actually. I think I had messaged you during the day saying that my goal pace that I was given by my coach was sort of two minutes 10 to two minutes 12 for a 600. Yep. And we were doing six of them off a 60-second rest, and I thought, oh, this is Christmas, like 210 to 212 for a 600. I could moonwalk this. Um, and, you know, normally I'd probably run them maybe 150, 155. So, you know, a lot of difference. Um, stepped onto the first one and the legs did not want to move. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hello, marathon training. <laughs> yep. Tired is the new normal. Oh, tired is the new normal. So I um, very quickly learnt that maybe that pace wasn't actually that much of a nice gift. and I may have had to work for it a little bit. <laughs> um, but got around, ended up sort of averaging sort of 207 to 208. Um, what I'm finding really interesting is that my legs are heavy from all these Ks, but my lungs and like cardiovascularly, I'm just recovering so well. Yep. So I'm taking that as a good sign. Mm-hmm. Um, so really enjoying that. It's like on the 60 seconds, it feels like I've had, you know, five minutes break and I'm fresh and I'm ready to go for the next one. It's just that my legs haven't quite come to the party. <laughs> so they're not really sore. They're just, just a bit dead and tired. Yeah, they're just dead and tired. They're not sore. No, no. It's just, I guess, the volume and, mm. the, you know, the constant. Because I'm I'm usually having a, every second day off and now it's, it's not every second day off and more Ks. So... Um, just getting used to that. And then my usual massage on the Friday and then had quite a big weekend. Um, and this is where the niggles started. So on the Saturday I did um, some tempos. So I think I'd mentioned tempos are my new thing on a Saturday. And it was basically 9Ks worth of tempo, um, not all in one hit though. So it was like a 3K, a 2.5K, a 2K, and then like a 1.5K. What pace were you doing that at or effort? Yeah, effort or pace? so I actually said to myself, I'm going to try marathon pace. So that's 4.16, mm-hmm. 4.15, 4.16. Um, I headed off on the first one and I thought, oh, that actually feels a bit slow. Um, so I moved it to half marathon pace. So my average was 4.07. I love how you decide that, yeah. you know, it's too slow so you have to run faster. I'd be like, oh, if it's easy, I would just would have kept going. Yeah, no, it just it felt, I don't know, it just felt really unnatural and because I was getting rest in between each of them. But that's the, your marathon pace. I know, I know. Gosh, listen to me. Um, but anyway, so I did it in half marathon pace. <laughs> uh, the couple of girls I was training with, they sort of zoomed off into the distance and I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm staying in my half marathon mm-hmm. pace. Um, so that was a big session, but during it, I'd started to get this little bit of soreness on the, my lower leg, right hand side, um, sort of calf, kind of like the calf and the shin joints. And I thought, oh God, like I've I've never had shin splints or anything like that before. Oh, this is really odd. Um, so put the foot in the bucket on the Saturday night, um, then got out for the Sunday run. And my hip was a bit sore, but I've been finding that that's been warming up as I've gone along. But this niggle in the in the bottom of the foot actually nearly stopped at 30 minutes and thought, I'm like, I can't do this because I went out on this beautiful trail in the back of Jeringong and it's a 12K trail one way. I've got to turn around and run back. 
And I just thought, oh, I'm going to be in all sorts if I get stuck out here in the 12K mark and have to walk 12K home. Um, but it just sort of then went away. It was really bizarre. Like it just completely went away. Um, and that's when I thought, oh, it's probably more muscular. And ended up getting through my 24Ks in 4.55 pace. And I have no idea how that happened. Um your long runs are getting quite fast. I know. I've literally, I've gone from being Queen Plod, six minute K lady, um, to this was four fifty five, and it was so cold. I couldn't even feel my body for the first, well, until six Ks when this <laughs> little niggle happened. So, really not sure what happened. Maybe I was just so frozen, my body was forcing myself to warm up by running quicker. Um, it was it was really bizarre. I still can't explain it. It felt so easy. I finished. The niggles went away. Um, I didn't warm up. I was still freezing. And, uh, yeah, I got through my tw- – I didn't even run the full two hours in the end because I hit 24Ks and thought, I'm done now. I don't need to run this extra two minutes. <laughs> yep. Um, so, yeah, run an hour 58, 84Ks. Um, and then I actually found that – then on the left-hand side, I was getting the same soreness as what I had on the right-hand side, and I think it's my shoes. Uh, I think mm. it's time for a new pair of shoes. Could be shoes. Mm. I, was just, I was just thinking as well, like maybe it could have been that big hill session you did as well because that really works the calves a lot, uh, getting up the hills. Yeah, I've been doing quite a few hills and I'm, I'm quite used to them. Mm. Um but I, I feel like I've had these shoes for quite a few months now and especially now doing so many Ks, there's a good chance they're past their use-by date. Hey, new shoes, like you don't need an excuse, right? <laughs> I know. I'm like I'm, I'm preaching to the converted here. I know. I know. <laughs> Let's get some new shoes. Um, so I'm. that is why I'm currently sitting here two feet in my fluorescent yellow bucket um, and it was. it's feeling a bit more calf uh sort of orientated than shin so mm-hmm. um give a bit of a self-massage tonight and i should be good to go for tomorrow mm, very good so another big week for lisa and how long to go until your new york marathon goal yeah, race 12 weeks now so with uh, the start of week three um i think i've got sort of a two-week marathon sorry about a two-week taper before the marathon so i've got about eight no, sorry, what's that? Ten. Ten solid weeks. Still Ten a weeks. long time, isn't it? Yeah. It's a long yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah. It's it'll come up fast. I know, <laughs> but I'm patting myself on the back. I've done two weeks and it's like, oh, hang on. <laughs> Still a long way to go. <laughs> Still a few more to go. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, so so moving along. Um again, nothing sort of well, actually no, I think the standout was that Sunday long run. I really don't know where that came from. Yeah. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> super speedy. So, yeah, so it's pretty good in the end. Um, nice week, nursing some niggles, but I'm I'm pretty confident that they'll be fine. Still in one piece. Mm, Very good. Exactly. And what about you? Well, um, last week was, uh, yeah, had a few things going on, going on to get through last week. Um, as we were talking about last time, I had to get through some hill sessions and do my math test and bang out um, a couple of long runs. And one of those long runs had to be, um, yeah, two and a half hours. So, yeah, there was a bit going on. Um, Monday, like you, was my rest day, which I'm really cherishing my rest day. 
yeah, cherishing my rest day at the moment. It might have even been Monday night, actually. Um, just a brief anecdote before I tell you about my week that we're out eating at um, the local Ethiopian restaurant um, and the guy there uh, is, is actually a refugee, he came to Australia via um, Egypt, Ethiopian guy, and um, I'd just finished eating everything um, in the restaurant <laughs> and then we were talking about why was I so hungry and, of course, marathon running came up um, and he asked, oh, so so what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm doing the Melbourne Marathon. He goes, oh, my brother did the Melbourne Marathon once. I went, oh, yeah, and he goes, oh, yeah, he came uh, 32nd. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just a casual 32nd out of yeah, 10,000 right. people. I said, oh, yeah, how fast did he run? Oh, about two hours 30. Oh and yeah. I just thought, you know, is there anyone in Ethiopia who can't run two and a half hours for the marathon? <laughs> just like their standard, um, it's like our 20-minute 5K, isn't it? I'll try and that's the, It's default setting, yeah, isn't it? default setting. <laughs> And then I told him how fast I was running, or what I did last year, three hours thirty six. And I said, "Look, you know, this year I'm going to try and run three twenty, and you know, in a few more years, maybe I'll be able to try and get under three hours." And he's just like, "Just do it next year. <laughs> it's all in the mind. <laughs> just do it." He's probably thinking to himself, "Don't eat so much." <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He's probably just wondering why I just can't run as fast as uh, as his brother could. But anyway, sorry. Um, just an amusing end to a nice dinner. <laughs> Yeah, an amusing aside. Um, yeah, I wish I was Ethiopian. This would all be much easier. Um, anyway, back to my week. So Tuesday was just an easy um, 10K jog around, which I averaged about 538 kilometre pace and my heart rate was nice and steady at 129. Finished that off with six um, six of those hill efforts that I've been doing. Um, and uh, on Wednesday... My midweek long run, that actually ended up being 95 minutes instead of 90 minutes. I wasn't really trying to push that out deliberately, but it, um, I just added an extra or added a slightly different loop at the start and it just turned out to be slightly longer. So covered about 70, 17 kilometres, um, averaging 130 heart rate and a little bit on the slow side, 542 average. Mm. Um, not sure why that was. Um yeah, I was. I, I think I was just conscious of the other things I had going on in the week, so not wanting to push it along. So it was pretty cruisy. Um, managed to get my four strides done at the end, which was good. Um, Thursday was um, my uh, scheduled math test day, but I'm going to come back to that um, at the end because that's going to segue us into our part two of um, marathon pace calculators and tests so i'll just skip over that for now and come back to it um uh friday yeah which brings me to fartlek friday so <laughs> fartlek this was the first introduction of some uh semi-serious not super serious but semi-serious vo2 max 5k uh race pace type interval training in the form of fartlek um, that I've added into my program and I actually got this one done up at the uh, Central Highlands High Altitude Training Camp, which is otherwise known as Dalesford. <laughs> Do you know what though, having run up there and trained up there before with you and being incredibly unfit at the time, I nearly had a heart attack. So imagine if like those people who do live and train at altitude, I don't know how they did yeah. it. Yeah. Like proper altitude, but yeah, I think we're about six hundred meters or something like that. Um, 
So, you know, who knows whether it makes a difference or not, but I like to think that it does. Um, but anyway, so the fact like um, I had the one, two, three, four, three, two, one um, ladder. So with the, the shorter efforts, I had a one minute recovery jog after each of those. And after the three and four minute efforts, I had a two minute jog after each um, of those ones, just to give myself a little bit more recovery. And and it was a real fartlek because um, I did it on a, a 3K loop that I've run on regularly out in that part of the world. And um, yeah, the had everything from kind of like gravel, um, clay. Uh, there's even a 800 meter grass section, which I used um, for one of the efforts. Um, so yeah, lots of different services. There's plenty of undulation up and down. Um, and it was also pretty windy. So there was a fair bit um, going on um, in terms of just making that a little bit more interesting. Um, so it wasn't super easy, but um, yeah, I did um, my efforts were um sorry i'm just getting those up now sorry i was looking at the wrong thing so the first one first minute was in about 410 pace the two minute section was three minute 59 three minute section was 404 and the four minute section was 402 another three minutes in 405 another two in 404 another one in 403 so it was pretty kind of consistent um effort wise and i was really making a an effort as i was um as I was running to make sure my heart rate was in the right zone. So there was a couple of, I think it was in the first two minute effort, I looked down and my heart rate actually wasn't high enough, which is a bit of an unusual thing for me because I'm always trying to keep my heart rate down. This time I was actually trying to push it up into the into the low to mid 160s so that I was in that, in that right zone to get that maximum stimulation for what I was trying to do. So I actually had to run harder, which was a bit annoying because, mm. you, you know, I'm a bit lazy and I like to just... <laughs> Just slack off and take it easy. Were you on your own? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that one by myself. So, um, so yeah, it was good to kind of get it done. Um, I'm still a little bit apprehensive about that, um, adding that level of intensity into the program that I'm doing at the moment, given, given that a lot of things are going well for me and there's a lot of signs that I'm pretty close to where I need to be to hit my 320 goal pace. So, there is a little bit of risk attached to introducing this extra kind of intensity into the program. So I've just kind of been bargaining with myself thinking, well, actually, I kind of enjoy it. Um, and I think it's got some benefits outside of the physiology, just in terms of like strength and coordination training, because I'm not doing that much faster running. So I'm kind of bargaining with myself thinking I'll probably keep it in, but just keep the volume of the um, fartlek efforts under control, like probably somewhere between 12 and 14 minutes I reckon of actual effort which will probably still give me a good stimulus um yeah what do you think about that what was the total distance of the fart leg uh I don't know exactly I probably ran about 4k because I think it was 16 minutes of effort in total mm, so I actually don't one. think that's I actually think that's quite good um mm. Like it's not as if you're trying to do, you know, I'm trying to build like a 10K tempo into mine and maybe that might be a bit too much given what you've, else you've got going on. But, yeah. you know, 16 minutes of effort, you're running at pretty much four minutes, 403s. Yeah. I, I think it's manageable for you. I mean, you showed that with your 5K. Yeah. Look, it's in the, it's certainly in the right pace for my 5K fitness at the moment. Mm. So, um, yeah, I wasn't. 
overcooking it, which was good. Yeah, I think it's also because uh, like, you were in a bit of a running rut, oh, what, about three weeks ago, just from a bit of same, same out there jogging. Um, I think it might just help you spice things up a little bit. I definitely like the the fun part of it and that's probably the the major motivation for wanting to keep something like that in. So I'll just have to kind of keep an eye on the volume of the efforts and what impact that has um, on other parts of my training, mm. uh, like my long run. Yeah, um, well, and I was also thinking because last year you cooked yourself about three weeks prior to the marathon. I, I did. I did. <laughs> overzealous long run. Maybe by yeah. having something like this in a couple of days before the long run, You'll be going into the long run thinking, you know, maybe even a little bit mentally tired as well as physically tired, so you may not do the the cooking again. Yeah, that's true. Look, uh, yeah, that that actually was on my mind when I did my long run this week. Um, so I'll talk about that now, actually, because that, that leads into it um, quite well. Um, yeah, I was, sorry, I skipped over Saturday, but that was just a 40-minute recovery jog, um, about 7K, 121 heart rate. So I was really <laughs> cautious of just jogging around and making sure I recovered. Um, oh, for the, yeah, it was a, it was a jog. I was moving. <laughs> I think it was just, I think I averaged slightly under, uh, it might have been about 550-something pace average. Um, Yeah, I was moving, but not very fast. Um, So anyway, so Sunday long run, I scheduled for two and a half hours, and my plan for that one was basically try and run the whole thing uh, as much as possible under my Maffetone heart rate limit. So I wasn't trying to work into marathon pace or anything like that, just try and run it um, under... 137 um and because of the course i run out there has has a couple of really big hills one to get down to lake dalesford and then you have to run back up to get out of there um, and back to where i need to be so there's there's a probably about 200 meters of elevation gain in that run that you have to contend with so i was very conscious over the first uh hour and a half to really uh, run that as easily as possible so I think for the first 12K, I was, I, was, I was actually getting along all right. I was running at probably, well, a, a bit under 5.30 pace, but my heart rate was, you know, high 120s, um, low 130s the whole time, and I was pretty keen to keep it there because I knew I had to do these big couple of climbs. Mm. Um, so I was pretty relaxed for the first uh, hour and a half, got down to the lake, ran around the lake, uh, tried not to argue with the geese down there because they're pretty big they're and terrifying. aggressive. <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty big. Do you know, I, um, there's one thing I'm afraid of. It's birds. It's birds. I, You'd be afraid of these geese. I can tell you. Terrified of them. <laughs> um, and I jogged past a, a nice mob of kangaroos on the way down there as well, actually. And I think I think they looked at me and thought, "You're going really slow. You're no threat to us." <laughs> um, <laughs> so they pretty much just stood there as I um, ran past them. So could have could have reached out and touched them almost. Oh, it's funny because I've seen a fair share of kangaroos throughout my years of running. I don't even flinch, but you put like a lorikeet or a magpie next to me, <laughs> and I'm screaming, running in the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, dear the birds yeah um anyway, sorry. there's a name for that yeah. what is that fear there's a there's a name for fear of birds anyway we digress <laughs> uh, so you're so, and a half into your long run laps around the lake <laughs> exactly kangaroos geese um yeah just taking it easy 
got out and managed to climb back out of the giant hole that the lake is in and get back onto the flatlands. Um, that resulted in my heart rate getting about 10 beats above where I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of really just settle down and relax and it was kind of good because I, I, as I just sort of gathered myself at the, I think I still probably had at least 10K to run at that point, um, I managed to get my heart rate back under control, which was good, and a couple of the other climbs that dropped back down pretty quickly as well, which I'm taking as a good sign that I'm in a pretty good state of fitness. Um, so that was kind of pleasing. But nonetheless, that last climb I think did kind of cost me a little bit and it was m- much more difficult to kind of maintain. Um, you know, I ended up running 135, 136. Um, I did a couple of Ks where I was just slightly over, like a 139 average in there. Um, and that was kind of pushing back up just a modest hill into the headwind towards the end. But um, yeah, all in all, it was a really good run. I ran 27K in two and a half hours. I averaged 130 heart rate, which is pretty low. And I averaged 537 pace, which is not too bad considering how far it was a um, couple of climbs and a bit of wind. So all in all, I was pretty happy with that long run. I take take that one as a win. Yeah, that's an amazing two and a half hours. Are you going to do many of those? Will it get much longer? Um, that is a really good question. I, I, there will be more. Um, they probably won't get a whole lot longer. I think probably the maximum I'll go out to would be two hours 45. Um, and whether I do that as a continuous long run or have a little bit of that sort of marathon pace stuff at the end of it. Um, I don't think I want to go beyond 245. I'm not thinking that I really need to. Um, And, yeah, sort of looking back over some of the marathon plans as well over the weekend and there's it's kind of the law of diminishing returns. Like the closer you get to three hours, like everyone agrees that going longer than three hours is not worth it Um, and kind of like, you know, between two and three hours, most people accept two and a half hours is a good distance for a long run. So going much further than two and a half hours, I'd be happy to go to 2.45. I did that last year. I probably did a couple of runs that were one that was about 2.45, one that was about 2.40, and I think there was two others that were about two and a half hours or just above that. So so probably we'll get to talk about this later, but I reckon I'll probably do about four four to five runs of about two and a half hours or slightly longer. Um, I think four would be enough. If I get five, that would be a bonus. Mm, okay. So, and you pulled up pretty well? Uh, I did, actually. I think the the fact that I really kept a lid on the, the pace and the heart rate meant that I actually did that run as well with no fluid. I didn't eat anything before it other than a, have a coffee um, and didn't have any gels or yeah. I'd um, like to talk on that topic way. one day, actually. I won't bring it up now because you know, we're talking about something else, but I think that's a really good... Yeah, a really good discussion topic. I think so. And look, at you know, it was nice to get back from a two and a half hour run not feeling completely smashed. Like I was tired, but I wasn't destroyed. And, you know, I just made sure I had some food and um, had a couple of drinks afterwards. And yeah, I basically felt pretty, pretty good. So I, th- I think it was kind of a good sign. And on the topic of niggles, um, the only thing that I'm kind of managing at the moment, I got over that foot niggle that we're talking about a few weeks back. So that hasn't been a problem. Um, haven't felt that for a couple of weeks, but yeah, I'm a bit like you. I've got a dicky ITB on the on the right side, that and is so the worst. <laughs> just feeling that getting a bit tight, and so I've just been working on that with the massage stick. Um, 
and I'll probably make sure that this week I because I, I skipped my strength work last week and the week before because I was doing my hills. So I might just make sure I do a couple of things for my hips just to make sure I'm all uh, nice and stable there. Yeah, I actually find because I struggle a bit with the ITB because of my dodgy glute and hips, um, doing some yin yoga and some of those really painful hip openers that they do are the best thing i'll be honest i actually want to vomit when i do some of those i find them i I did a couple of pigeon poses actually after the long run on on sunday they hurt i find them excruciating and there's a, a fabulous yin class here in sydney that i sometimes go to the instructor's amazing and I tell you what, I can go to some dark places during that class. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know it hurts when you start sweating, when you're stretching. Oh, but I come out and I feel amazing. So maybe go to those dark places doing those pigeon poses, um, do a bit of a, a yin class, I think. Yeah, it's one of those things people ask me, do I do much stretching and I, for running only if I need to. And, yeah, this is probably an instance of I probably do need to do a little bit of stretching around the hips. So the uh, the yin, uh, yin pose, uh, pigeon pose is coming back. Mm. It's coming back. Good. Three to four minute holds. Well, not good because it hurts. Lots of discomfort. It's, yeah, it definitely pays off. It does. It, it is pretty good. So um, this brings me to the math test um, and the math test for those that didn't hear about me, hear me talking about this earlier is um, something that Dr. Phil Maffetone advises that you do to monitor um, the development of your aerobic um, capacity and fitness and, and your base. Um, and the idea is that you do a probably on a monthly basis, go to a track or somewhere flat um, uh, where you've got kind of good conditions and um, hopefully sort of repeatable conditions as well um, and run. He, he has it set up for like running three miles, but because in Australia we like we like the metric system, so I do mine in kilometres, um, in which case I actually did um, five kilometres um, and you basically run at your MAF maximum heart rate, which for me is 137. Um, and you run as fast as you can um, for each of the kilometres while maintaining that heart rate. And what is supposed to happen um, is that as you work your way through the kilometres or miles, if you're doing it that way, um, your pace will just slightly drop off um, each kilometre or mile as your heart rate stays the same. Now, of course, for me, I kind of messed mine up a little bit, and that didn't happen. But despite that, um, it actually... I think gave me some pretty good data and a bit of confidence that I'm headed in the right direction. Um, I actually thought I was going to have to cancel on Thursday um, because the winds were forecast to be 40 or 50 kilometres an hour. What's going on with these winds? I don't know. It's slowly and surely driving me insane. But um, I was lucky because um, Charlotte, the Wonder Dog, got up early on Thursday morning and dragged me out for a walk. And when we got out there, I was like, this is still... So we quickly got through our walk and I just got changed as fast as I could and jogged down to the track in Ballarat. Um, And I got onto the track as quickly as possible because I thought this wind is going to arrive at any minute. Um, So, yeah, I got out there and took off and I was a little bit enthusiastic and probably in a bit of a hurry. Um, So I took off a little bit too fast. Um, I ended up running the first kilometre in 4.57 at 139 heart rate, which is actually 
a couple of beats over where I should have been. And when I was looking back at my GPS data, I think I actually took off at like 4.30 kilometre pace, um, which is way too fast. Um, and that my heart rate then spiked and I had to really kind of slow down throughout the later part of that kilometre. Um, so I think if I'd gone off at five-minute kilometre pace, I probably would have been able to maintain that um, at 1.37. And you can sort of see what happened next. The second, second kilometre was actually in 5.14. Um, so that was quite a bit slower and that was, again, just me getting my heart rate under control um, and that was at 138 heart rate, so still a little bit one over where I was supposed to be. But then what happened was once I got things um, back on an even keel, um, the third kilometre was 505 at 138, the fourth was 509 at 138 and the fifth was 512 at 138. So my third, fourth and fifth were all actually faster than my second, which is not supposed to happen. Um so, yeah, I'll try and get it right next time, but I was actually really encouraged in particular by the, the third, fourth and fifth kilometres because I really didn't slow down that much um, beyond where I probably should have started at about five-minute pace. So, yeah, it's a pretty good result. And it's a bit of a guesstimate, but um, based on, and this is the segue into our topic of the week, based, based on Phil Maffetone's marathon pace prediction formula, uh, your first the pace you achieve in your first math mile, if you take uh, 15 seconds per mile off that, that is what he says your goal marathon pace could or should be. So I did some rough maths and my goal marathon pace based on that is probably about uh, 450-ish, low 450 kilometre pace, which is only about five seconds per K off my four, 445 goal pace. So I was encouraged. Yeah, what does it equate to then? About a three twenty-five. Uh, yeah, it would be slightly less than that. I think it might be, but yeah. Anyway, it's it's within the ballpark of where I want to be, and yeah, given I've still got sixty-one days now to the Melbourne Marathon, still I've still got a little bit of time to train, mm. um, and I've got a few nice long runs to come, which should improve this aerobic base even more. That I'm I'm very close to where I need to be. So just uh, so 450 pace, which is what the math test has suggested you were, would be at, is a three-hour 23.57. There you so go. So you're in the ballpark yep. with still, I am in the ballpark. what is it, eight weeks to go, 61 days. Yes. 61 okay, days. That's a good spot to be in. I think maybe one thing to make sure that I guess you don't get too overzealous and cook yourself again. Um, <laughs> continue the nice steady increase that you've got going at the moment. Yeah, that's that's definitely going to be the plan. Um, and I'm uh, going to be very super cautious about those long runs and just keep them um, within a good heart rate zone. Um, and, yeah, that was uh, probably something where I went a little bit wrong last year where a lot of my long runs, particularly the late stages of them, I think I just wanted them to be over, so I started speeding up too much towards the end. Um, I just need to be a lot more patient and, and just run those out nice and easily so I can get the full benefit out of them without cooking myself. It got a bit hot too, so, didn't it, last year? Yeah, there was one run in particular um, about three weeks out from the Melbourne run Marathon where it just it went from being freezing cold in Ballarat and then we had this unseasonably early warm day and that was a day that I should have I should have just moved my run um, but I decided to do it anyway and cooked myself. 
All right. Well, lesson learned. You're not going to do it this year. You're on track. No. Um, so things are looking Definitely good. Not. Yeah, they they are looking encouraging. And look, I think that's a good segue for us to just finish finish off part two um, of our topic of the week, which is looking at marathon pace uh, calculators and tests. So we'll just get into that after this. So Lisa, I'm feeling pretty good that I've, I've actually done a couple of tests in the last two weeks of my marathon goal pace. The first one I did was that 15K um, road race where I ran slightly under, at, and over my marathon goal pace. So, I got a bit of data out of that. And now I've done this math test, which is also giving me some data. And I think looking at the two of them, I think they're both sort of pointing to 450 as being about where I'm at at the moment. So, I'm kind of comforted that I've done a couple of these tests um, and I think uh, combined with then sort of banging uh, a half marathon time, which you know, I haven't done one since Canberra, which was quite a few months ago back in April, but um, feeling like that I'm kind of in in the ballpark of, of where I need to be. Like what about you? Yeah, well... I so my goal of two hours fifty nine. I don't think I'm in shape for that right now. As I said, I've got I've actually got eleven weeks to go, um, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm actually not worried. I feel like I'm in a good place right now um, because I'm really starting to get that specific marathon work happening over the next few weeks. Um, I genuinely think I could go out and do. 310 at the moment yep. um which by the way if i did that i'd still be very happy um <laughs> very happy with a 310 um so i still in my mind think god you know 416s gosh that feels slow um i am going to do another math test i'm not quite sure when um maybe the next week or so and i do have a half marathon coming up and i must admit i'm a little bit I've still got a bit of the scars in my mind from my Gold Coast experience, um, from going out way too fast, getting caught up, completely leaving my plan, you know, my own personal race plan behind, and just that feeling of how hard those last seven Ks were. So, um, but it's then next to that Canberra experience where it was the complete opposite, and I went out so slow and ended up only running a minute slower, but felt mm. as though I could run on for, you know, another 10, 12 Ks at that pace. Um, so I've got a good a good and a bad experience in my mind, but I've got this half marathon coming up in two weeks' time. I feel like if I can nail that, run it properly, run it disciplined um, and come out feeling like it was really easy. Was your plan to run that? Are you going to race that all out no, or are you going to try no, no, and no. put that 15K test that I did into Yeah, that? it is going to be a bit of a, a progression. So, you know, yep. starting – because it's three laps of 7Ks. Um, so I thought the first lap, marathon pace, the second lap, maybe try and drop five seconds and then the third lap just, you know, see, see where I end up. Um, and if I – I feel like if I come off that feeling like – I did at Canberra where it was so easy and, you know, I was smiling and waving at people. Um, that will give – I'm a bit of a confidence runner as well. So, yes, we've got all the, these tests and predictors, but I know that if I get onto a start line confident, 
I can always find something. Um, but I'm a bit burdened by the Gold Coast experience at the moment. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking for a positive experience. So ask me this question in two weeks' time <laughs> uh, because currently I'm not in two hours 59 shape. I think I'm in about 310. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I need a, a, a good experience behind me to boost my confidence. You've also got the uh, the fetch everyone calculator that we were talking about last mm. week, which is predicting you at about a three oh nine. So you're kind of in the ballpark. Yeah, there. It, it is. So um, as we, we we touched last week on, um, I think the Daniel's running predictor, which is giving me a three oh two. That's feeling a bit a bit aggressive at the moment. But the fetch everyone um, calculator, which you, we've both gone and done a bit more research into this week um is has come out at a 309 um and i actually said to you i felt like i was running a 310 pace before i even looked at that um so that's you know my gut feel is backed up i guess by um some study um from the gentleman ian williams i think it is who yes that's the one created uh fetch everyone so for anyone that hasn't seen it it's i think it's just fetcheveryone.com think that's yeah, right. The um, website. And it, we'll link that one up again. And look, uh, he'd sort of done all of this number crunching based on his big database of everyday runners. And during the week, you found this uh, more academic study. Oh, very um, academic study. So we'll link that as well. Anyone that is very into reading um, you know, theoretical studies, this one's for you. <laughs> Academic journal articles, boring. Yeah, it. Uh, I did actually read it all. Brian uh, decided not to. <laughs> um, but it's funny because two very separate, um, you know, pieces of information or, or studies, but they've both actually come out with a very similar result. And yeah, I, I think that's good that that one so closely correlates to the fetch everyone um, predictions yeah. um, in terms of half marathon to marathon times. Yeah, and what I like about so the um, so it was an empirical study of race times in recreational endurance runners, and I liked this because they specifically looked at the recreational side of running. Um, a lot of their um, background information was just touching on how current race predictors really just focus on the elites and they look at really small samples whereas they wanted to do a study that was based on a really large um, sample and their sample they started off with about 2,400 recreational runners and by the time they weeded out some of the anomalies it was 2,300 samples that they um, had to use and it one thing that did catch my eye, did they actually weed out the people wearing Vibram Five Fingers because they were anomalies? Uh, yes. <laughs> they did. They had a few different um, things. And yes. Uh, yeah. Is that just because they looked funny or was there some kind of uh, <laughs> performance reason they took them out? Oh, look, I'm, I'm not sure. They said one of the things as well with some of the other studies is that there's certain pieces of equipment um, that people needed and that was they felt like it was skewing the um, – the results so they really wanted just a, like the general public um i guess you know like you and i like the everyday runners mm. um and you know looking at their both male and female um and they compared their results 
against like the New York Marathon times, what, you know, people and genders and age had said that they had done in their study. They did the comparison against the New York Marathon. Um, and basically they were in agreement with um, Fetch Everyone, not that they referenced it, but just what mm. the Fetch Everyone results came out at is that the current race predictors are actually a bit too aggressive when it comes to the marathon. So anything half marathon and below, um, quite accurate, but you move to the marathon and it's such a different beast and there are so many other factors that need to be looked at um, to help predict your marathon time and I find that really interesting. Mm. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I think, you know, based on the fact that we've found this other study which is completely aligned to the Fetch Everyone um, calculator, that that's definitely going to be the go-to place where I look myself and refer other two people in, into the future yeah. in terms of um, trying to figure out what your half marathon time means. Mm, so one of the things that was quite a significant difference I found between the two of them is the um, the research paper didn't differentiate between the male and females prediction, yeah. unlike Fetch Everyone, which does. Um, yes. So that was that was quite a big difference. So I actually did go onto the website, um, slate.com was where I found the predictor and I plugged in my recent Gold Coast half marathon time and it came out with a 3.09.46, I think was the time, uh, which was yep pretty much spot on with what Fetch Everyone had said. I think I was a, a low 309s um, there. Yeah. So I found that really interesting. Um, so it treat, this second one just treats everyone as a female. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much because the Fetch Everyone. <laughs> the guys will just be disappointed if they use that one. So if you're a male, maybe, well, if, if you want your confidence boosted before, you, uh, <laughs> before your big day, yeah. maybe head to, um, to slate.com. <laughs> I'm going there to get my tyres pumped up. <laughs> so you head there and then uh, do your race and see what uh, Fetch Everyone <laughs> suggested for you once you've done it. But, um, yeah, look, I think these are two really solid pieces of information that um, listeners should go and have a look at themselves um, yep. just to get more of an understanding as to why the training also should look a bit different when it comes to the marathon and maybe why yes. marathon or race predictors do take with a grain of salt um, when you're looking at that marathon distance yeah. because, you know, as I said before, you know, for myself having that background in more track running, you know, I know that I could go and force myself to to run a certain time for, you know, a 3K or a 5K, but this marathon is a totally different beast. Yeah, you can't fake no, it. No, look, you really can't. You have to do the work. So um, really good pieces of information. And the Fetch Everyone um, formula also has a, a podcast. They did a, an interview on Marathon Talk. And I thought that was a really good one that validates the Guardian article that will also link up. Um, the Guardian article is quite detailed. I love that article. Yeah. It's very, very not academic. No, it's it's very detailed. If you haven't got the time to sit and read that, plug the um, the podcast in. Uh, it only goes for about 15 minutes and it, it gives you a very similar understanding as to where it all came from and the theory behind it. So with this male female thing, can is this a good time to talk about your friend because mm. her achievement is pretty extraordinary 
in terms of being someone who has a PB not much under 90 minutes yeah. but has managed to convert that into just over a three-hour marathon. Yeah. Tell me tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. So I'd love to get her on. Um, so her name is Kylie and I definitely want to bring her on to have a discussion around this. She has a PB of I think it's three hours and two minutes, which I think is amazing. Um, it is amazing. But her half marathon PB, which was run last year where she finally broke the 90-minute barrier, um, was done after she had run that 302 marathon. So going into running a 302 marathon, she's basically running her half marathon PB in the marathon. Um, Mm. Yet her 10K times and 5K times um, aren't even sub four-minute Ks, yet she has this phenomenal ability to do the training for the marathon and is able to be so disciplined in the race to be able to come and run the 302. And those times, like that time was not a once-off. Um, I think last year she did Gold Coast, maybe it was Melbourne, I can't remember. Um, and, again, it was like just over three hours, maybe 310, and she just pumps mm. out these you know, low three-hour marathons, which I just I think it's phenomenal. It's, well, it's kind of encouraging for those of us that are not quite so speedy that um... – you know, if we've got that level of endurance and commitment and discipline that you can really punch out some pretty impressive marathon times. Mm. Um, what Did she sort of give you any insights into some of the secrets about how she's managed to do that? Or? No, not not in great deal, and that's why I'd love to bring her on to really mm. pull that apart. I know that she's not a high-mileage um, lady. I'm not even sure mm. if it goes over 100Ks a week, to be honest. I think she sits around that 80 to 90 um, but just has this phenomenal ability to pace races, to trust her training, um, and, yeah, is able to convert that into a fantastic marathon time. Mm, yeah, well, I think we definitely need to learn more about um, what she, what Kylie is up to there because that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, it definitely does. And as you said, it does. It just gives so much hope to you know everyday runners like us that okay you might not be a 16 minute 5k runner but hey you could get out there and if you're running a three-hour marathon you're at the pointy end of the absolutely (laughs) the field (laughs) absolutely yeah it's a super impressive achievement um now i kind of went back through that fetch the article by ian williams on the guardian and I was just there's a couple of quick things that caught my eye, which I thought were interesting contributing factors um, that influence their calculator or, or influence people's level of success, I guess, in achieving a time that his statistics would um, suggest was possible. And one of them was kind of like this rule that I actually hadn't heard of um, was your five longest runs are actually supposed to add up to 100 miles apparently. Yeah, I hadn't heard of um, that rule either before. And do you know what? When I heard that, I was quickly going back through my diary going, well, how are my longest runs? Yeah, my, no, I looked at mine last year and I don't think they got anywhere near that. Um, I'm not anywhere near that yet either, so I'm thinking, oh, I'm probably a bit aggressive on my goal. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny because that one was a little bit counterintuitive because it suggests that there's a lot of people running like a lot longer than 32Ks for their four or five longest runs, which in a lot of programs that would actually – 
be much further than what some of the longest prescribed runs would be. Um, so, yeah, I found that quite interesting, particularly the Hansen's Marathon method, which is a bit of an outlier because its longest run is actually 27 kilometres, which I've just done on the weekend. Yeah, wow. <laughs> well, and I've really done um, I did 24. Yeah, that's right. So the, in their program, the longest run is 27 kilometres, so that wouldn't agree at all with this five longest runs at 100 miles. Um, um, wouldn't be anywhere near it if you did five by 27K. Um, so, yeah, it'd be a long way mm. off. So anyway, I found that one curious. I'm not going to try and hit that. <laughs> target because I, d- I think it would break me if I tried to. <laughs> I don't um, think I'll follow suit either. Yeah, but I, th- I found it interesting. Um, and the other thing they kind of confirmed was um, this idea of um, not having your long runs be totally dominating in terms of your overall mileage, um, which kind of aligns to that. Uh, I know it's in Daniel's running formula and it's probably in a few other programs as well where they sort of talk about your long run not being more than 25 to 30% of your total weekly volume. Which um, is a tough one for... It is, yeah. Like, you know, all of us, which, you know, who, you've got full-time job and you've got a family and, you know, there's a fabulous title that people often get called, you know, Weekend Warriors because yeah. it's the time where you, you can get your, your three-hour or whatever run done. Yeah, the weekend warriors are just totally breaking that rule. And look, I broke that rule on Sunday because I, I did the math and my 27K was 32% of my weekly mileage. So that sort of suggests that unless I'm prepared to crank up my overall mileage that my long run probably shouldn't get that much longer. Yeah. Um, which is well, I might be nearly in that ballpark too, to be honest. Yeah, well, you'd be a little bit off it, I think, um, for now. But, yeah, you wouldn't be too far away. Um, so yeah, anyway, something to keep in mind, but it's good to see these kind of like real world data that he's gathered confirming some of these things that you read in training programs. Cause often they're just sort of based on experience or observation and not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's nice to see like a data set put together that kind of supports, um, what these sort of old school coaches and others sort of intuitively have worked out. So there's a bit of data to kind of support what they've put down for some of these rules of thumb. Exactly. And the other one that I really liked because I'm running slow is that slower runners tended to run their marathons faster. (laughs) So in your face with your with your sub five minute kilometer long runs. (laughs) I know. I know. Gosh, I might have to slow back down again. Time to slow down, slow down. But, yeah, they were sort of talking about um, uh, I think it was about 50 seconds a mile slower than marathon pace was kind of a good range for people. I think that was what I read in that that section, mm. um, which is, yeah, it's sort of probably gets back to that kind of uh, pace prescription in um, oh, similar to Phil Maffetone's type of pace that you produce when you run at that kind of heart rate but also similar to the the kind of pace that they talked about in um, advanced marathon donning pete fitzinger's book so just talked about doing those long runs just to just to just dial back from your marathon pace don't need to do them at marathon pace seems to be counterproductive i think we touched on it last week too but after going back and reading this article and listening to the podcast as well is that, um, yeah, the conversion for the male to female, um, females seem to convert better from their half marathon time to their marathon time than, than males, um, which 
yeah, which is really quite interesting. It wasn't a lot. I think it was about 48% of males versus 55% of females converted. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting stat, isn't it? It is, yeah, definitely, you know. Females are tougher. Aww. Guys are guys are guys are stupid. <laughs> we we run our half marathons too fast, which maybe gives us a optimistic marathon time, and then we get into the marathon and we get really excited and take off too fast um, and cook ourselves early on in the race. Perhaps. Just out of curiosity, your previous half marathon time you did in Canberra, have you plugged it into either of these calculators to I, see what it came out of? Yeah. I did. Um, I think it comes out at about um, three hours thirty-five. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was the half that I ran in Canberra in uh, uh, one hour thirty-five thirty or something. I think it was. Um, so yeah, at that stage back in April, that probably would have been about right for my for my marathon at that point. Um, but I. I think at the moment I could probably run the half in close to 90 minutes. Mm. Yeah, I think you could too. So, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. But I think we'll pop all of that literature up onto the show notes because it's definitely a good read um, and to help, yes, listeners understand a bit more about pacing and calculators and time predictions. Yep. And just to sum it all up, it sounds like despite we've done all this research, um, into pace and calculators and tests that we're both kind of sticking to our our goals and our goal time <laughs> at this point. Well, I but- think, you know, we're all competitive, aren't we? We don't sign up to these things. Well, not everyone, but, you know, we're not signing up to this just to get the medal at the end. We're, I think, a little bit addicted to the pain as well. Yes, yes, I definitely know yeah. you are. Um, but <laughs> As I've been sitting here topping up the hot water, my feet are burning. Yes, <laughs> right. Don't, sp- don't spill the bucket. We're, we're nearly at the end of the episode. Um, okay, so, and to put all this in context, we're just, you know, really quickly going to talk about the tip of the week, which is taking all of this nice information that we've gathered through these tests and calculators and what then do you do with that? on race day after this. So you've got your goal pace as confirmed by your favourite calculator or perhaps you've done a math test or perhaps you've done the 15K um, marathon pace um, test that I did Um, and then you've got a nice little number that suggests what it is that you can run for the marathon. So what do you do with that? Mm. What do you do with that? Well, I can tell you what you don't do with that, <laughs> and that is what I did in the Gold Coast and basically run that pace, actually I take that back, run quicker than that pace from the gun and try and chase the pacemakers. I encourage to stick to your own pacing strategy and actually run a bit slower than what the initial pace says. Yeah, I think that's that that would be wise. Um I yeah, I can certainly attest to the fact that the um the paces in the marathon do take off a little bit quicker than even their stated pace. Um they tend to try and bank a little bit of time early, which if you're borderline, say you were chasing three hours 30 which I kind of was last year 
um, if I'd had followed those paces, I would have been seriously cooked because they were running significantly faster than um, five-minute kilometre pace in the at least in the early kilometres when I could still see them before they disappeared. <laughs> so, and I think like the I guess my monitoring of heart rate um, over the past few months and also doing those couple of tests in particular, the math test, it just shows you um, just how sensitive very small increases in pace. Um, can be to your heart rate. So um, like I took off a little bit too quickly in that math test um, and, you know, it probably I probably only got it wrong over the, the course of the kilometre by three or four seconds a kilometre, but that was enough to raise my heart rate a couple of beats a minute. Um, so you can imagine if you took off at five or ten seconds per kilometre faster than your goal marathon pace as confirmed that you could pretty soon find yourself in a in a point where uh, your heart rate was much higher than what you would be able to sustain for the the full marathon yeah even a few seconds so and i also think about how i felt in the two recent half marathons that i've done and there was only a, a minute difference in them but um, the canberra marathon where i ran an hour 28 I went out, I think my first kilometre was maybe a 4.24, maybe even slower. My overall pace ended up being, I think, 4.10. Um, But I took off so slowly and, you know, I was quite a long way behind the 1 hour 30 pacemaker. But because I felt it felt so easy for those first few Ks and I was slowly winding them down, I just got – Again, I'm a confidence runner, so I got the confidence and I was just moving through the field and there is such a positive mindset to be um, gained from passing people rather than in the Gold Coast. I didn't pass a single person past the 13-kilometre mark. It was just me being passed. It was hard work. I felt awful. Um, And I'll take how I felt in Canberra every day (laughs) over the way that I felt in the Gold Coast. Absolutely, and look, you know, you just you you're actually just in a, from a physiological sense, you're just saving energy by starting a bit slower. You're, you're burning up less of your reserves, um, so you've got more to give later on in the race. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty important not to not to go out too hard. I think it's, it's, it is a tough one to do, and if I can recommend people going into um, you know, this is why I like park run so much is you can go down there and it is it, it can be a race if you want to make it a race, but it is a not such a serious race environment and you can practice that pacing strategy because when you start out in a race, you're fresh, the adrenaline, everyone else around you, and it's so easy to go out and just say it's meant to be five-minute Ks. It's so easy to just run with the pack. You look down and you've run a 4.45, um, yep. but it's felt effortless so to practice running at the start and feeling like having that discipline to think okay everyone's going past me I'm a fair way behind but they're going to come back to me like 42 k's even 21 k's is a long long way it is and look you know it, these days using your gps and actually making sure it's switched on which I, I didn't do a few weeks ago but keeping an eye on your pace very early on um, you can kind of do that now um, I guess the other thing you could do is make sure that you are doing a little bit of at marathon race pace um, training in your program so you've got a, a decent feel for what your marathon pace um, should feel like um, 
and uh, I kind of had that last year, but I made a, a whopping error <laughs> in that um, I didn't realize how far my GPS was or how inaccurate my GPS was. So I was happily running along at um, what my GPS was telling me was five minute kilometer pace, but I was actually doing 505s yeah. so um, you, for, the, for the first 10K. Right. So you were moving. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, w- I was moving slower than what I thought I was, which in hindsight actually probably turned out to be a good thing, I think. I don't think I was quite ready to um, to stick at five-minute pace for the for the whole marathon. So, um, so I almost ended up with a, a sort of inaccurate self-selected pace. Um, and, yeah, that actually brings me to the other point I wanted to make was even though that was inaccurate, my GPS was inaccurate and I was a little bit confused because the pacemakers were getting a long way away and my, my split started going off well ahead of where the K markers were and I thought, ah, oh, something's wrong here. But as a result of that, I was actually able to run an almost even-paced marathon. So first half was almost exactly the same as the second half. So I think I got a little bit lucky um, in that sense. Probably be uh, in the anomalies there of people who have paced <laughs> an even pace in a marathon. I bet you've looked at stats have skewed very differently. I think so, definitely over the entire field. But if you want to run an optimal marathon race, you want to do it either evenly or negative split it. So um, that should be everyone's kind of goal. And if you can do that, you're just going to have a better day out and feel better because you won't be dying. No, been there recently, done that. So, yeah, look, I I definitely think two key things. One, be really wary of the pace um, markers at the start, especially if you are, as you said, at that top end, like if you're like me, I wanted to run 84 minutes, but probably that really was my top end, probably sort of stayed back a little bit. Um, and go out in the first two, three Ks, you know, three, four, five seconds slower than your overall pace. Yep, I think those are wise Mm -hmm. words. Well, um, I think we've done enough on marathon pace now, so um, it'll be fun to move on to something else next week. Um, What is your uh, week looking like next week? I've got a bit of an adventure coming up. I'm heading to the snow uh, and I... Can't ski or snowboard. You're going to proper high altitude. <laughs> I'm going to proper high altitude. So really going. So the husband is a really good snowboarder. Um, is there anything oh, that he can't do? I was, I was like, oh, yeah, he's a good snowboarder as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can run run 83 minutes for the half marathon off one day a week's oh, training. Like, yeah, you know. I know. It's annoying. I need to find something he's not so good at. <laughs> Um, but we're actually getting the girls into teaching them um, how to ski and snowboard early. So there'll be a twenty-month-old and a four-year-old on the on the slopes, um, and then there'll be me. <laughs> yep. So I'm not I'm not really planning on doing much. I think I've got one lesson, and the rest of the time I'll be pottering around. Um, but I am actually going to. So we're going to. Oh gosh, I always perish. I've never been there before, um, but I'm going to a town called Jindabyne, which is just down from the mountain, and I'm going to do the Jindabyne Parkrun. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, so it's actually a new one. I think it's only been running for eight weeks. Um, it is going to be so cold, so I'm not really sure how I'll cope. I'll probably have to be running in my ski pants and ski jacket. <laughs> So have you done any research on uh, the record for that? Uh, Are you going to take take the record yeah, down? Well, it's, it's, it's only a new one. So um, 
but you know, I'm, I'm going to do that. Let me, let me, whilst you're, t- uh, I want to, I want to, I want to see you as the, whilst you're telling your friend about your week, I'll um, be, <laughs> you just Google the, the record. Google up yeah, that record so time. No, only really going there for four days and trying to get some training in and out outside of that. And the Jindaban Park Run is going to be the highlight of my week. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's actually an athletics track at Jindaban. Yeah, as there well, is. Actually, so we'll yeah. drive up on the Thursday, train there. Let's see how I go at this high altitude. Um, there might be a reason that mm. the, um, the record, oh, I actually don't know what it is. Let me see what it is before I say that it's slow. <laughs> um, and. They should have a little asterisk next to it if it's at high altitude. Yeah, they should. Okay, so 22 minutes. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so it's only been running since June, so it, it has um, only, yeah, 10, 10 events. So it's a brand new one. Mm-hmm. So I'll head there and, and check it out. Um, I'm not going to confidently say that I can break 22 minutes at altitude because <laughs> I've never run at altitude. Yep. <laughs> I reckon you'll be able to do it. Uh, so, so watch this space. Um, I was planning on doing it as a tempo. So, um, yeah, so maybe around 20, 20 to 20 and a half minutes maybe. Mm. Mm. Sounds That's good. Me. What about you? Exciting. Uh, well, this week is going to be a bit of same, same. Um, I've got, yeah, exactly the, almost exactly the same structure of training coming up. I'll be doing my hills. I'll be doing my long run, uh, long runs, um, and just trying to sneak in another fart leg Friday nice. um, as well. Very so, good. yeah, I, thinking about maybe, ex, yeah, I don't know, I don't know whether I can, if I can do my long run on the flat next week on the Sunday, I figure I could probably cover another k in my two and a half hours and maybe push that out to 28k um so i'm either going to do that or i might do a little bit of marathon pace stuff at the end of it assuming that i managed to absorb all of this week's hard work how many k's um, and, Did you and i'm still say standing what your weekly mileage was uh i think i missed that i, I did 82 okay. k's for the week yep. So you just, just beat me. Just not that it's a competition. <laughs> uh, not yeah, until race day. <laughs> <laughs> you know it is. Um, yes. Yeah, so, all right. Well, it'll be interesting to see whether we're, we've both overcome our niggles and you've got your feet out of a bucket and I've stopped rolling my ITB um, when we get back together again. Yeah, week. absolutely. Well, have a good week and hopefully I survive the freezing cold altitude and come back at record holder. <laughs> I want to see a record. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Excellent. Good luck. You've been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. We'll catch you next week.